Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. To get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Do you really think we can? Yes. Well, we do think we can make it better, and we can make it better because. Christ lives in us, and because we have all kinds of opportunities to meet people, to care for people, to represent the kingdom of God in the marketplace, in the world around us, uh, it's a scary time to be alive. It can't be a better time to be alive. And so we're pretty excited here at The Catch to be able to help so many of you understand about the grace of God and how to turn that grace outward and how much the world needs that right now. And uh, especially, believe it or not, from Christians. The world has gotten to uh, kind of getting used to uh, anger and hostility sometimes coming from Christians and, and culture wars and all those kinds of things. Thankfully, we're moving out of that phase, it seems, and Christians are getting more and more involved in the world and more and more involved not only just carrying the gospel to people, but caring about their the whole person, caring about uh, especially uh, third world countries, uh, kids in poverty, hunger, disease, uh, malnutrition, so many needs, so many needs in the world. And uh, thankfully, uh, God has touched many people down through history to create organizations uh, that, that will help people in, uh, all over the world and in the name of Jesus. And uh, we're going to be privileged to talk to someone tonight uh, who can give us a little feeling for what one of those organizations is doing. The organization I'm talking about is Compassion International. I know they have a lot of things going, but uh, the primary thing they do is um, care for kids around the world and spon- get people to sponsor children. Um, uh, I know my wife and I do, and uh, when I'm on the road, I have represented Compassion International uh, many times and uh, uh, passed out packets and encouraged people to sponsor kids. So it's it's a great deal, great organization, and we are very privileged to have – I've told you all along when we do this, uh, the the catch here on Blog Talk Radio, that one of my joys is to introduce people to some of my my favorite people over the years. And – this gentleman we have on right now is one of one of my old friends. We go way back, and um, he is one of my favorite one of my favorite people. I'm glad to be able to introduce him to you. His uh, official capacity is the director of ministry relationships and partner development for Compassion 
International, and we'll in a few minutes we'll find out what that all that mouthful means. But right now, uh, welcome Rich Van Pelt to the Catch Radio. Rich, welcome. Well, thank you, John. It's really good to be with you. It's good to be on the Catch. Yeah, yeah, but we do we do go back pretty far, don't we? I don't yeah, even you know. know. I, was, I, I, <laughs> I was thinking about that just at Christmas time, uh, John, because. I was in uh I was in Nashville. Compassion did a gathering of some of our our donors around Amy Grant's Christmas concert. And I remember oh, years yeah. ago when you were here in Colorado visiting my home and you got a call from Amy from up at Caribou <laughs> Ranch saying, "Hey John, uh I need a song for my album. Would you come up?" And uh, you and I actually traveled up to Caribou Ranch in Nederland, Colorado, and got to be with Amy and the gang as they recorded that that famous Christmas album that every year now is played all over the world. Um, And I I was thinking about that when I was there and thought how how fun that was. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. I think think we go – I don't know. Was it you specialties? Is that where well, I, I, I first I met you? My, I my first connection um, with you was Walt Hara when I was actually uh, oh my. back studying at Gordon-Conwell Seminary in Massachusetts. And um, yeah. I, of course, knew about your ministry and was a fan, a, a John Fisher fan as a young youth worker was, um, you know, teaching my kids songs like love them in the morning love them in the evening <laughs> you know um all that good stuff back back in the day and so it was a privilege to connect through Walt and uh and get to know you and then through uh the years at you specialties and various events we had the privilege of connecting doing ministry together and yeah it's been a fun yeah. ride hadn't it yeah, it sure has. It sure has. And uh, so you've been now in some capacity with compassion for quite some time. Uh, now you're full time. Um, tell us a little bit, uh, you know, what's what's driven you to be so connected to this, this organization for, for so long? Yeah, that's a great question, John. Um, it was a lot of years ago when I actually was serving on the board of a not-for-profit Christian concert ministry here in Colorado called Road Home Productions. And uh, one of the guys... Robbie Marshall? Yeah, Robbie Marshall. One of the guys on the board was Devlin Donaldson. And Devlin worked at Compassion. And and, uh, at a board meeting, he pulled me aside and, and said, Rich, we're really interested at Compassion in producing a curriculum for high school kids to help them learn about poverty and their responsibility as Christ followers. Um, This was going to simply be a a resource for the church. No, no marketing angle, nothing of the sort. And Jim said, would you be interested in, in helping us uh, do that? And, and honestly, John, I, I was a sponsor for another one of the child sponsorship organizations at the time didn't know much about compassion was new to Colorado and uh and so um Devlin said look uh 
why don't why don't we do this? Why don't you come to the field and see what we do, and um, and then decide if this is something that you could throw yourself behind. And so I and a good buddy of mine, Jim Hancock, uh, a gifted writer, Jim and I have gone on through the years now to write resources for for youth workers. But Jim and I traveled with compassion to Haiti, and I got to see the work first time back there in the mm. early 80s and and um as a as a church guy in in my heart in my dna and i i think that probably was driven by my early church experience but it was really reinforced by my time at gordon conwell seminary i fell in love mm-hmm. with the church and believed that god really wants to use the church to change the world the body of believers the the community of of, of folks who love Jesus and are called to serve him. And, um, and I discovered to my delight that, that it's the MO for compassion. It's the way that compassion does business. It, they did it then and have only more strongly embraced that, uh, through the years. And so now, you know, some 30 plus years later for about, 10, 15 years, I served as a consultant, as a, we actually wrote that curriculum and pleaded with compassion to put a marketing component in it, because as youth workers, Jim and I believed kids needed an opportunity um, to make a difference for Jesus, and there was no better way than to get involved with a a needy kid somewhere in the world that they could care for, Mm -hmm. they could love on they could write to and ultimately they could make the difference as these kids hear the good news that that jesus loves them and has a plan for their life and and so um it was about 19 20 years uh, ago that guys at compassion a couple of them came to me and said it's apparent you so love what we do how about you jump in with both feet both hands mm. and come on the team full time uh-huh. and so it's been history, and it's been a great, great ride. Wow. Um, tell me, uh, Senior Director of Ministry Relationships and Partner Development, <laughs> tell us what that really translates that, to. <laughs> that is a mouthful, isn't it? So yeah. I have I have two cards, right? And one of the cards mm-hmm. has that long title, Senior Director, you know, for when you need a title. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but – but the card that I use most frequently just simply says relationships because um, 20 years ago when compassion invited me to join the team, uh, they, they actually said, rich, we will build, we'll, we'll, we'll build a job description around who you are because what what we'd love for you to do is, um, is be a steward of this world of relationships that God has privileged you to develop through the years and allow those relationships to have impact for kids worldwide. And so Compassion John literally freed me up um, to basically be an ambassador at large on on their behalf. And um, and so the job description has morphed through the years. In those early years, I just went crazy um, 
mm-hmm. meeting with my friends and connecting uh, with a lot of them like you who were speakers or writers or right. ministry leaders, um, Mike Iaconelli at Youth Specialties, to say, Mike, you know, would you would you consider using the platform that God has given you at Youth Specialties to advocate for needy kids mm-hmm. around the world? And and you know the story there. Mike said yes, no right. strings attached, and as a result, I mean, Countless kids through the years have been sponsored through the influence of that organization, and then the list goes on and on mm-hmm. and on. So um, I was allowed to to be a ministry guy on a marketing team to bring both of those elements together and mm-hmm. and help the ministry world know practical ways how Christians can make a difference in the lives of needy kids and their families around the world. And so these days, yeah, uh, I'll just add this caveat, John. These days, a lot of what I do is um, is is journey with folks, take influencers Mm. um, to places where compassion is doing ministry in the trenches, and simply allow them to see what we're doing and invite God's Spirit to do what only God's spirit can do in um, in calling them to steward, you know, the platform mm-hmm. that they have. Mm-hmm. So you could get, uh, if, if, uh, if I get my, uh, my calendar up and up and running here, you could take me somewhere. Couldn't there you? you go. Yeah, you bet. That would be cool. Um, you obviously have a lot of confidence in this program to have been with it this long and have seen what it does to kids. Uh, tell me, just somehow put some flesh on what makes you feel so good about what happens to a kid who gets sponsored with compassion. Yeah. Boy, that is that's a really, that's one of the best, the best uh, <laughs> questions I've ever, I've ever been asked. You know, one of my greatest fears, John, when I went from being a volunteer to jumping in full time was that I would be disillusioned, that I would walk in and discover, you know, it ain't what I thought it was. And mm. much to my delight, um, I've I've learned, uh, and this is true truth, I've learned that it's even so much more. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um a lot of years ago our 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 founders um decided that the best delivery system on the planet is local church bodies that um mm. there is no better way to make a difference Jesus you know said that the gates of hell would not prevail against it and and we've seen that to be true uh, time and time again in history. And so one of the things I love about what Compassion does is that we partner. And today we partner with about 7,000 local churches. These are communities that live among the poor. Most of them mm. are very poor communities themselves. And... Mm. 
in partnership, we free them to do what God has called them to do, not what God's called us to do. It's what God has called his people to do in those local contexts. And so um, our, our, our former president, one of our, well, our past president, Wes Stafford, a dear friend of mine, um, uh, said it's an awful lot like the um, the Good Samaritan, you know, who 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 found the guy on the side of the road and took him to an inn and said to the innkeeper, "You take care of him. Send me the bill." Um, essentially, what compassion does is. We, we affirm and empower the local church in that local community to do what Jesus has called them to do in reaching out to the least of these and, um, and, and, and loving them practically for Jesus' sake. And not just, not just giving them the gospel. That's certainly a key component of what we do, um, but but feeding kids and clothing kids and helping them get an education, and most of all, giving them hope. Because if there's anything that kills people, any, anything that is true of poverty, it's that it's the lack of hope. You know, mm. poverty is a vicious cycle. And one of the things I see over and over and over again as I travel to the field are people filled with a new sense of hope that this doesn't have to be my story just because it was my father's story or maybe my grandfather's story, but there's hope for me that I can bust out of this cycle of poverty. We have three values that we really instill in all our compassion projects, about 7,000 of them around the world, that every kid in that project will be known will be loved and will be protected. So, um, John, if you were to go with me anywhere in the world where compassion ministers, and we were to visit one of our uh, implementing church partners, and these are Mm -hmm. churches across the denominational spectrum, you know, uh, they they may be independent Baptists, they may be Anglican, they may be Methodist, Presbyterian. It's across the the spectrum of churches that love Jesus and love people and feel called to serve Him. And um, and and at those projects, kids come after school because most places now kids can go to school if they can afford just the basics like books and, and 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 uniforms, those sorts of things. And one of the reasons poor kids sometimes never get to go to school is because they can't even afford that stuff. And hmm. so that's what sponsorship helps pay for. And um, I, I, I tell folks, what we really do, it's kind of like an after-school program where kids come for a, a number of hours a week, um, several days after school, and they're tutored, they're loved on, they're fed for many of them. It's the only meal of the day, um, certainly the, the healthiest meal uh, of the day. Um, they're, they're encouraged that they're not a mistake, that God loves them, that God has a plan for their life, and that there's a hope 
and there's a future for them. And so um, to answer your question, <laughs> I think the thing that keeps me going is um, to see the church alive and well and doing what we've been called to do. Um, love people for Jesus' sake, um, often in costly radical ways. I was in a project in the uh, Dominican Republic that that um, uh, really battles gangs and um, loved the shirts that all the kids in the project were wearing because the shirt translated in Spanish, uh, from Spanish into English, said, I'm a protected child. Mm. And all the adult volunteers at that Compassion Project had shirts on that said, I'm a protector. And Mm. after they left the church, the project, the activity that day, they dispersed into the community. And uh, we did a community kind of walk through, and it was so fun to see these kids running through streets, some of these adults walking around, because the message was clear. You don't mess with these kids. Um, because they're known, they're loved, and they're protected. You know, it, it, in this day and age, John, there's a lot of um, attention given to causes. And um, one of the things that I love about compassion is that we try to get on the front end of child trafficking. Yes, child trafficking is an awful issue in our day. But let's get them before they get trafficked, right? Let's know them Mm -hmm. as little children. Let's love them. Let's protect them so that they don't get into those ghastly, destructive cycles of trafficking or gangs or or those sorts of things. Wow. That sounds fantastic. Um, Gosh, how many... How many stories must you have to tell about it? <laughs> Got a lot of them. I mean, tell us one. Give me, give okay, me one so, or two. I mean, just oh, you know, man, I was just, a real, I was real just, story about a real kid. <laughs> real story, real kid. I was just in um, yeah, yeah. El Salvador before Christmas and met a young man whose name is Israel. And uh, when Israel was a little boy, he was flying a kite. And um, somehow the kite um, got connected with an electric wire. I I don't know the full details of the story, but Israel was electrocuted. And today bears these horrific scars from from his electrocution. And, uh, and, And as you can expect, as a little boy, because of that, was made fun of and was bullied. And um, and even though um, he had some initial connection to a church and a compassion project, um, this stuff was still going on. And one of the local gangs got his attention and said, hey, you know, you come and be part of us, and we're not going to allow any of that stuff to happen. And so he was kind of sucked mm. in. And... Mm. Um, Thank God it's not the end of the story. Uh, The local project director sought him out because 
one of the things that, you know, I keep coming back to this, kids are known, they're loved, and they're protected. And um, Mm. if they don't show up at the project, we go looking for them. Track them down. Find out what's the story. Why aren't they coming? And uh, the the project director learned the story of of Israel, and because uh, what compassion in partnership with the church there does in that community had some reputation, a relationship with the local gang leader, um, they actually negotiated the kids' release from the gang, but the gang leader said, okay, if in a year we don't see a real change in this kid, he's ours. We want him back. My goodness. (laughs) And when I was, um, when I was there in, uh, just before Christmas in El Salvador, and I'm actually headed back next week and, uh, hope to see Israel. Um, when I was there, I heard him share with some of the folks I brought with me that um, as a result of that intervention and the love that he felt and the protection that he felt, he he chose to embrace relationship with Jesus. It changed his life. And, and his sponsor was a significant part of of his transformation. And so... Today he thanks both his project director and he and he thanks his uh, um, sponsor for for the difference that they both made in his life. It was an amazing story. Wow, wow, that's very cool. Um, how long do you stay with it with a child with a child if you start yeah. um, um, as as a sponsor? So we've we've actually um, we've expanded our our ministry model, John. We used to start with kids at about four or five years old, and the more we've learned about early childhood development, the more we've learned that the sooner we can get to them, the the higher um, potential mm-hmm. for really impact. Um, and and, um, and so we're starting in many cases prenatally with high risk moms babies in the womb wow. we have a child survival hmm. project that that um is is actually reducing child mortality in the communities where we're working so we're starting real early historically or, or traditionally Fantastic. we're about three years old though and we go all the way up to completion depending on the country and the program somewhere between 18 mm-hmm. 22 years old and we we ask folks who choose to get involved and sponsor a child to make a long-term commitment. Now, we know that people can only do what they can do, and so initially the commitment may be just a year. Um, and if God allows and the resources continue, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I I know a lot of folks who started when their kids were little. And they see them graduate, and many of them travel actually to 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 celebrate their graduation. I had the privilege of speaking at a college graduation of one of my kids in Haiti several years ago. It was one of the greatest joys of my life. Wow! Uh, to see, and he now works in a bank in Port-au-Prince, has a family, and is doing great. Wow. I was wondering about that. You know, so, some of those stories. Well, you just told me your own 
um, does that happen often that really strong connections are made between maybe a whole family and a and a sponsored child? Oh all yeah, absolutely. Up um, until adulthood. Yeah, um, yeah, it happens over and over, thousands and thousands of times. I I'm amazed actually, John, at the high percentage of people in this non-letter writing culture who write their children. Um, hmm. We we are at somewhere around uh, the high 60s, the low 70 percent of sponsors regularly communicate with their kids, and um, you know, for us, um, writing letters to your kid is not a marketing ploy. It's a transformational event because when you travel with us and and you visit projects and you visit homes of kids and you see letters from sponsors hanging on walls and pictures of sponsors in the living room because they're considered part of the family. It's an overwhelming thing. So, wow. um, you know, it's That's it's great. backed up by the research that that, that relationship – with the sponsor is a critical piece mm-hmm. to helping kids bust out of poverty. Wow, that's uh, that's fantastic. What what would you say? This is probably a hard question because there's probably so many things. But what what would you say would be the biggest enemy of of children around the world? Oh, I would say absolutely um, the lack of hope, John the lack of hope, because it's what forces them then to be vulnerable to all the other bad stuff. Ah. You know, when you, when you don't have hope that, that you matter, that your life counts, that, that there's a future for you, then why mm-hmm. not sell your body? Mm-hmm. Why not? you know, uh, do drugs, why, why not steal? And, and, you know, so uh, we, we go back to it all the time. It's the insidious um, nature of the lack of hope. It's the mm. biggest enemy, the biggest killer. Mm. Rich, what does hope look like to a kid? In, you know, in I, I, I think hope... Oh gosh, it has so many faces to our kids. We we think, you know, here in our culture that it's stuff, um, and um, mm. it it's so funny because it um, the 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 kids that we work with have so little stuff and yet um, have lives that are so full of so many other things that we lack desperately. In, in this culture. And so, um, you know, this, this pushes me back to my youth worker uh, roots, John, because I don't think it's any different. Um, I don't think it's any different in the developing world, the majority world, than it is here in, in our culture, that, um, that hope is represented in relationship, that um, there's somebody to whom I matter and can matter and can make mm. a difference. And 
and that makes all all the difference for for our kids you know we the churches we minister in and the communities that surround them are some of the most hopeless places on the planet and yet you you walk into a compassion project and it's like an oasis of hope where kids are mm. happy and they're joyful um i took a pastor from a really large church in northern california with me silicon valley church resource rich church with me to kenya years ago we're in the mathari valley one of the worst slums on the planet and he had a photographer with him and the guy captured an amazing picture from inside the compassion project and it was you know the the church compound looking out they had a gate that 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 separated uh, uh the the project from the community there and there was a little kid hanging on looking in and this pastor mm. now when when he tells our story because he's become a strong advocate for us he he says um, it's as if that little kid is looking in saying, all of those kids won the lottery. Huh. We want all kids to win the lottery, John. We want all kids, huh. wow. um, yeah. you know, to, to be known, to be loved, <laughs> to be protected. And um, there, are enough, there are enough Christ followers on the planet to do it. <laughs> we just got to choose to wow. do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, um, what uh, finally here, because uh, we're out, but just about out of time, what can what can we do? Uh, I I know the main thing we can do is, so I need you to tell us where do we go to do that. Uh, but w- what else just in our normal everyday life would you suggest that, that we do just to make us more sensitive, aware to what God wants us to be, you know, doing? In, in our own neighborhoods. Yeah, a couple things. First of all, to sponsor a child, and that that is a very practical way to make a difference. Um, and and by the way, um, John, the the research is in. Um, several years ago, uh, a researcher in um, in San Francisco at University of California um, wanted to. Uh, uh, to research the impact of child sponsorship organizations and and asked uh, all the biggies and Compassion was the only one who said yes. And um, he did the research. It's now been um, printed and vetted by the research community and it, and it demonstrated that kids... Um, in Compassion's program have a significantly higher possibility of busting out of poverty than those who aren't in. So mm. so it's not only, you know, a great idea, mm. it's effective. Um, mm-hmm. You sponsor a child by going to Compassion.com, and um, you can choose the country, you can choose the gender, you can choose... Um, the birth date on our website, um, you know, there's lots of opportunities. If, if God has moved your heart for special needs kids, um, 
you can identify that and and the search engine will help you um uh, hmm. uh sponsor a kid there as well so so do that but um in addition to that don't forget proverbs 31 8 says speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves john i hmm. appreciate that you're using your platform to do that the platform of the catch and um we don't take that for granted. We're really grateful for this opportunity. But I want to encourage um, uh, the folks who are listening and and who are part of this community n- not to forget that we all have a responsibility, a, a, a mandate uh, to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. And, and so become an advocate uh, for children in need and... Um, and and love on the kids around you in your church community. They just as much need to be known, loved, and protected growing up in our culture as as those around the world. Wow. So those are just a few thoughts I have offhand. Wow. Rich, fantastic. Um, this has been really informative and, and encouraging, too. So um, thank you so much for taking some time this evening. I appreciate it very much. And who knows, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do that trip together soon. That'd be awesome, John. Bless you, man. Thanks so <laughs> Okay, much. Rich. Yep. Okay. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, folks. Passion.com. Everybody can remember that. That's easy. Sign up for a kid. I forgot to ask him how much a month, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of $35. I, I know it used to be. Maybe it's more now, but it can be right around there. Probably something you can handle. Or get two or three people together if you can't do it yourself and, and do it as a group. A lot of people do that. Fabulous. And who knows? You, you, you can get as serious about it as you want. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's some people that just do the, you know, the typical uh, $35 comes out of your checking account every month. And then that's the least you think about it. Or you can, you know, hopefully get really involved. Like Rich said, write letters, follow this kid's life, see where he's headed, and uh, help him along the way. And Maybe you're going to be at that graduation ceremony. Who knows what a what a what a privilege that would be. So uh, let's just uh, it's a real world out there. There's a lot of ways to get involved. This is just one of many. Um, let's let's remember we're here as uh, catch members to to make an effect in the marketplace. So God bless you. It's been great having you with us tonight. Join us next week. We'll have another great guest, as always. Uh, God bless, and we'll talk to you soon.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.